Welcome to the Beer Here Podcast. A couple small town guys talking everything Wisconsin sports. I'll be your host this evening, Bryce, and I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player until I saw a scout pull out a calendar to time by 40. <laughs> uh, my name's Juice. I'm six foot, overweight, and I can't read, and I graduated from college. So, I mean... <laughs> my so. name's Kyle. I'm 23, and I currently live in my parents' basement, and it doesn't look good to move out anytime soon. <laughs> My name is Derek, and I'm addicted to Fortnite, even though Billy the Blind Kid over in 4C has more wins than I do. All right, now let's get into some brewers. <laughs> but I think it should sound fine. <laughs> Hopefully I can, like, edit the audio, but, okay, go on. So the most oh, impressive thing about Stearns is what we, what we give up. For what we get in return. We give up nothing. So, like, guys like VR and and uh, the new guy, Saladino, like, you're giving up prospects that are single-way prospects that you never hear of. You never hear of them again. Well, listen to this. I think this is the biggest trade he gave up was Francisco Rodriguez to Detroit for Manny Pena. Yeah. Well, no. And, and, and Zach Davies, we traded uh, Gerardo Parra, the outfielder. Really good outfielder, but, I mean, he wasn't going anywhere with us. We had no use for him. For Zach Davies. Like a, a guy who's 135 yeah. pounds soaking wet. He looks like he throws Love. about 80 miles an hour. Looks like he's in middle school. My younger brother. And the dude, <laughs> the dude has just gotten better and better every year. And, and he's nothing. He's not an ace. He's nothing that's going to dominate. But every year it's like 3.5, 3. 3.8. he's locating, he's one of the exactly. best pitchers in and, the and league. He's, that's he's what it topping is. out at 90, 91. But he gets outs. And, and he might not be a... Top of the top of the line starter or an ace, but you need two, three, four Wait. starters to get through a big league season. Here's the thing, though, with all the trends, like with all these MLB teams going more towards the bullpen. Do you think the Brewers can still win in the playoffs? Here's with, the thing with the great bullpen and Here's the great the thing. lineup that they have. I think in during the regular season, starting rotation plays big. During the postseason, it if you mean can, shit. it does. It, no, I don't say it okay. Does. It does. <laughs> a bullpen. You can get look at what the Indians did. Look at what the Indians did with Andrew Miller. Andrew yeah, that's Miller carrying that. Carrying him. Especially when we got a weapon like Josh Hader. Well, and, and I mean, Hader. And, and Jeremy Jeffress is. It's loaded back there. I, like, said, I literally said, I said, if you get the Brewers to pass the six with, with, with the lead, you ain't scoring. No. Game not, even, not even like, the six. You could get the fifth. That's what we've but, been doing. Yeah. But winning it, ball it, games. Has been, it has but, been. Yeah, but you can do that now, but can you really throw Hader, Jeffries, and Knable seven games? In a series, yeah. in a series, you can you can get through a series, but you can't get through a whole, whole season, season like that. You can't. You got to get more innings out of the starting. Even, even a whole postseason. The way I feel about tough. it though, too, is if all these guys are only pitching an inning, like me and Juice are talking about this on the way in. See, like some of these guys would just be throwing bullpens in their off days, anyways. So for, so for them to come in and throw a 20, 30 pitch it's inning, totally different. Their, no, it is it's the totally adrenaline rush, the energy you use in a bullpen compared to on the mound in a big league okay, stadium yeah. with fans. It's it's totally different. You can't run a guy out there. Jeremy Jeffers is on pace to throw eighty games this year. Jeremy Jeffers, guess how many games he's already appeared in this 25. year? Out of our fifth, okay, because you saw my sheet of paper. <laughs> I have it right here. <laughs> <laughs> no. 25 and, a fir- 25 and a third innings. With the yeah. fucking ERA of .35. And eight giving up hits. Hey, yeah, how about Hater? Hater's allowed about 10 base runners in about 30 innings with about 60 strikeouts. Number- okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, he's, got, he's striking out two guys for every inning he's in there. He's given about one hit every three innings he's in there. These numbers are just unfathomable out of the reverse bullpen, but it, it worries me the usage. Because you're you you got the least amount of st- quality starts in all of baseball. Well, that's what I even said. There, I was talking about the way here. I said 
Uh, was it Tuesday night? He had Sashin going into the fifth inning, 80 pitches. Yep. Up 1-0. Why pull him? Why? Like, I think Council's tonight. Too fast he's, in the gun. he's got a quick hook. And tonight, it, Guerra had 68 going into the yep. after the sixth inning, and they pulled him. Yep. They put in Hader. Hader. And and I mean, you're using Hader right now for two, three innings at a time. Granted, you're giving him giving him rest, three days rest, three days rest. But you're still using him for you're not using him back to back days, but you're using him for two, three innings at a time, which. In this day and age, you're usually one inning, one, one inning. inning. Yeah. I mean, the way baseball goes, you got you get your starter through seven, you use your setup guy in the eighth for one, you use your closer in the ninth for one, and you're good to go. But right now, I mean... Honestly, uh, it's unbelievable the difference in the amount of strikeouts from Hader to the next closest, Chassin. Going into tonight's game, I don't know how many strikeouts Chassin had tonight, but Hader had 58 strikeouts. Chassin had 42, and he was the next closest. And he's not even and he's starting. a starter. Yeah. Chassin's a starter. Hader's a relief pitcher. Well, yeah, wasn't it like only a month ago where Hader was like fifth in the league for strikeouts as a reliever? Yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. Freaking Scherzer! Oh my yeah, dude. god! And, and, and he's he he had a quote today like this is the best I've ever thrown the baseball he's like in my career. <laughs> He's got to win almost 30 fucking games. He's <laughs> <laughs> better and better, too, though. It's ridiculous because, like, if you look back at Max Scherzer in Detroit, it was good. But Max Scherzer just, just keeps elevating his game, and it's quite frankly scary because you don't do that as a pitcher when you're 32 right, years and old. And just the way that he's just dominating everybody, too. And he just has that presence on the mound. Yeah, like, yeah he's you, got a warrior. You and, aren't and, touching me. You it's can't just, really see him though, because that's I, what Hater has. I know. Fake. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they're just two different colors, like two different colors, like a mud dog. No, one of them's got one of them glasses. No, no it's not. It's no. a different he's color. Not. He's just he's a mud dog with two different eyes. He's just an Australian Shepherd. Yeah. But I, I'm here just to corral these, corral these hitters right in. Yeah. Well, going back to the pitching though, with Jeffries, when he left, he didn't do anything in Texas. Yeah. That's crazy. He had like a well, six ERA in Texas. And I know he had substance abuse problems before. Give a shit. Bring back the steroid era. <laughs> no. I'm not talking I disagree about, about that. No. He, I'm, not alcohol. Talking about, I'm not talking alcohol. about steroids. We're talking about alcoholism. Hitting the bottle. But, yeah. okay. And if you're but, drunk driving in Wisconsin, you basically I mean, just blend in. <laughs> if you go back yeah. and follow Jeremy <laughs> Jefferson's career closely, he started in Milwaukee. Yeah. Started in Milwaukee. That. Was traded in the Zach Greinke deal in 2010 to get Greinke... He went to that was with Kane. Yeah, he went to Casey. Yep, he went in the big package deal. Yep, Escobar Kane. He gave up so much. Okay, that let's re-hit on that topic. But yes, that's fucking Doug Melvin on the team to the ground. So uh, he already started. It's going. Oh Jesus! Way to ruin it. (laughs) First show, folks. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, if you go, Jeffress started in Milwaukee. He was traded to Kansas City. Struggled there. He was then flipped again to Tampa Bay, and he just kind of lost his way. And when he came back to Milwaukee, the second time around, was lights out, like dominant. We actually had him as a closer in 2013. He had like 70, or he had like, what is it, 17 or 20-some saves? Yep, 27, got, 27 saves before we traded him in the uh, Lucroy deal, which was one of the great Stearns oh, trade robberies. But uh, one of. Yeah. Well, and one of the many. I mean, David Stearns fucking robbed yeah. John Daniels. <laughs> I mean, my God. Adam, Are you who talking the hell about is John Daniels? He played him on a fucking Rangers back in No, you're thinking of the guy that Dumb and Dumber. Je- oh, Jeff Daniels. No, John Daniels. I thought you were talking about Josh McDaniels, the oh, football coach. We were talking the other night. It says, like, they got Louis Brinson, Louis Ortiz, and Ryan Cordell. Yeah. And pretty much you just got Jeffries back for free. Yeah, for free. And then you got Luke. And then you got and then you uh, traded Brinson for Yelich. Yelich. So basically you traded Jonathan Lucroy for Christian Yelich. Yep. If David Stearns created a church today, I'd probably attend it. Yeah. 
I mean, I just I'll follow I mean, this man. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Like I, we were talking today, we were talking today. Like obviously, the Brewers seem to be uh, an ace away. Like they need a number one pitcher, but whatever the fuck David Stearns decides, I'm all in. I I have dude, so much trust that he will go out and find a no name that will just produce, even if it's just for this season. But I mean, look at what he's done with Saladino okay. and You're all those guys. Guy. Sel- no, nope. Saladino. Then you have Solgard. Who yes. Just produced last year, but now he's struggling this year. No, and VR, VR came up. Yeah. You look at Guerra, he's found guys that have produced for a year. Well, that's like, the thing, I think, like, what we were talking the other night, I said again, I said, you don't, you gotta buy arms, and the possible midseason acquisitions that the Bruce okay. can make, I think one of them is. So here's, so here's the dilemma you're in. Are you going to give up your farm system like they did in 2011 to get Zach Grinke? You gave up five top prospects. They all went to Kansas City. We had two years with Grinky, had two shots at the playoffs. We lost in the NLCS to the Cardinals. The Royals took our prospects, took <coughs> half our fucking farm system, and won a World, and series. Won a World series. So and are you going to buy a big arm, or are you going to hold well, on to your chips? Is there also the possibility that we got some guys in the minor leagues that could come up and serve as, serve as good starters? Because here's the other thing, too, is these young guys that come up, they tend to dominate early in their careers because nobody has a scouting report on them. Well, so maybe that could be the key to the Brewers, too, and then they don't have to go out. Well, right them. here you got Corbin Burns, 23. Last yep. year he had a 146 innings and 140 Ks. Yeah. But he's, he's one of the top guys. They called up a top guy today, too. The pitcher? Yeah. Um, space not the name, but... Well, another thing, Ortiz? too, is... No, no, no. Okay. Oh, Adrian Hauser. Yep, Adrian yep. Hauser. Yep. They, got, they got him in the trade... Um, uh, Wasn't he? That was a trade with Stearns that sent yep, Fires yep, Houston, and Gomez Houston, to yep. uh, and we got uh, Domingo Santana, Domingo and Santana, Phillips. Brett Phillips, Josh Two Hot Hater, Johnny Two Hot. <laughs> and uh, but another thing too is like I think what some of these like okay if you want to get Baumgartner you got to give up absolute shit ton but the one thing that you have advantage of here is he hasn't pitched in damn near two years where Stearns kind of works up and say hey if they're in a rebuild almost like. But the thing is that that uh, the NL the NL West is pretty weak right now. So like no they, no it's not that's. Factually incorrect. Uh, Arizona, Colorado. Arizona's like eleven. They've lost. They're struggling struggling now, but they got three solid teams. Yeah, the Dodgers aren't going to be down all year. You can put them. Dodgers are going to make a trade. Dodgers are definitely making a trade. Back, the Dodgers will be back. But the I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but yeah. The NL West, though, right now is struggling. struggling. The Rockies are struggling bad. Arizona's lost a lot. Okay, they had three playoff teams last year. Yeah, the Padres. I mean, my God. The Padres are awful, but they had three playoff teams <laughs> out of one division. Yeah. That's well, a solid with division. With that, too, then, okay, that's the first one. you got to give up a lot to get them, but there's a high upside, too. Other ones, the old vet Cole Hamels from Texas, like, you can probably get him for two prospects. No. You don't the, want Cole Hamill. I don't the, want Cole the Yankees. No. The Yankees will offer the better. I could. <laughs> I could. With my high level income, ain't no way. Like, well, then you guys said like Chris Archer. Do you take, do you take a shot on having a down year? Get him for really really. Chris Archer's already having a down year. That's what I'm saying. Do you take a shot on having in having a down year and spend a little bit less and get him? Or if Detroit really like, I know that the AL really, Central. I'm is, not really sold on Chris. I, I don't know I why you. Sure. I don't know why you'd trade for a guy that, like Chasin or any of these guys are already doing. Like because you don't have a guy in the starting rotation that you can give the ball to game one. Chris game Archer four, is game not seven. that guy. No, Chris Archer no, is not but anymore. He, but, he can, but he can add to that. And he can make it not go to a game seven. He can get you at least one, maybe two wins. We in the got. The way Chris Archer is pitching right now, we got enough Chris Archers. We yes. got Chase Anderson. We got Jimmy Nelson coming, coming back. back soon. We got ah, Zach Davies. Pray Zach, for Jimmy. Yeah, 
Pray for Jimmy. Well, his rehab isn't going to schedule. Yeah, so pray for him. That's why we pray for him. We need you back, Jimmy. Love you. But but for real, we are not missing a number two or a number three starter. We're missing – look at this. Houston Nationals went out last year and picked up Justin Verlander. Like, that's what we're missing. Garrett Cole. Who's out there for us to hit? Garrett Cole. That's that's the thing. I don't know who's available. And what are we willing to give up to get him? Are well, we maybe, willing to take our chances with three number two? We flip it like the Rays and we just start using an opener. Yeah, that's not happening. Not. That's that, the dumbest thing. If that it, happens, Craig Council should be on the fucking bus to there's Chicago. A, there's a reason why they're using the opener. It's because they're fucking awful and yeah. they're trying to draw a fan. They got like eight fucking wins. They still have more quality starts than hey, we do this come year. come on now. Carlos Gomez is their three here. They're solid. Yeah, that's atrocious. That's Matt, Cam- Matt Camp's well, bad. Three the- over in LA. <laughs> Flashback 2011. <laughs> well, did you see the rumor that was being in the, the season? There was supposed to be a trade straight up for Braun for Kemp. I did hear that. And oh I mean, God. talk about two losers going back and yeah. forth. Start taking steroids again, please, Braun. Seriously, yep. make Braun great again. Party like it's 2011, baby. Come on. Well, I said, I think Freddie Peralta could Shirts be... in the process. <laughs> <laughs> that's like your camera. The fastball trademark thing where they said, that's like Freddie Peralta. The are the same, but it's like, all right. I think another thing, too, is I think Freddie Peralta could come up in the playoffs and really play a big role. Yeah. I'm... I'm optimistic. I, I mean, hope I one, hope he keeps pitching well. A little pessimistic, I am. I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good what he's doing, but I don't know. That's a tough position to put a young kid in right away. Yep. Yeah, and well, what about somebody else coming up, though? Who? Woodruff? I don't know. Like I said, there's... Not- I think Woodruff needs to stay down there a little bit longer. He's got to get another pitch. We're putting Woodruff in a lot of tough spots. We're making him come out of the pen. Then the next game, we're making him start, and then right back to the pen, and then down to AAA, back up. Like he's a bouncing ball right now, and it's so hard to get in rhythm when you're constantly yeah. moving around and I never mean, knowing where you're going to be. Especially starting pitchers, you're a creature of routine. Yeah, like you pitch, you do your thing day one, two, three, four, and then you're back on the mound day five. So I mean, when you got a guy that's used to starting, and now you're bouncing him back and forth. All over the place. It's hard to get in a routine. Let's think. Brewers are loaded in the in the in the farm in the arms. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like pitching is is not the problem, but a dominating ace is what's yep. missing. You like, need if, if if the Milwaukee has an if Milwaukee has an ace, they could be damn near like like World Series contenders, like hard as fuck. Yeah, and I mean that's why. Cavs Jim, by ten. Jimmy Nelson. Coming back to what he was last year in August and July was just lights out. If we could get that, and I mean, it's tough. You're asking a guy come back from shoulder surgery, coming back in the middle of the season to pick up right where he left off, probably not going to happen. But if he could be two-thirds of what he was, that's what we need is Jimmy Nelson to come back and be the guy. Well, I'm just hoping with Jimmy Nelson coming back, hopefully they said all-star break, as he's hitting his mid-season form, Start a playoffs. Yep. Like, you're yep. ready to go. Yep. That's all we need for him. Well, I, I, another thing I'm hoping to is I hope <coughs> Houston, just, I know they're not going to, but if they choke, you got to go out and get everything you can for Keiko. Keiko? Yeah. Keiko's your guy? Yes. I, out of all the guys they're, in that rotation, Keiko's your guy? <laughs> that's the guy they're going to ship, though. They're not they're choking. Not, okay. They're not choking, <laughs> so that's irrelevant. They're they're gonna maybe, be maybe Jose a playoff Altuve team. can't ride the roller coasters and he gets hurt on different riders. Man, <laughs> ride. I mean, what do you have in there? Must be five four to ride this ride. Seriously, little short little fucker. One thing I want to <laughs> talk about is uh, today sending down Orlando Arcia and bringing up Eric Sogard again. Uh, I love it. Not I so much about bringing I, up Sogard, but I, sending a message to Arcia. Yeah, because this really will hopefully light a fire in Arcia, proving that. 
he needs to produce or he won't be and part of the team. And it's not his spot. Yeah. And, yeah. and one thing I think is Saladino is doing really well right now. But if he hits a point where Solgar did this season, do we go out and do we trade for a Manny Machado no. to put in at shortstop to help us no. win a World Series? He wouldn't help you win the World Series. I think, I think right now, Manny Machado, what he does is he brings a lot of, he brings a lot of power to the lineup. Like, yeah. He's definitely a game changer on offense. He's a defense. defense. His defense isn't bad. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong there. But I think that's not what you need right now. Like, I, I was talking with Bryce, like, Ar- or, uh, VR or Arcia has good enough defensive skills to hold that position. I don't care if you bat a thousand or a hundred. But like, I take a thousand. You're giving, much, you're giving that much defense out there. Like I'd rather have a great defensive shortstop than a good hitter. But the thing is, right now he's making a lot of young guy mistakes. Where there was a play, I don't remember exactly what game it was, but there was a play at third base where the runner was already Chicago. sliding into third base, and he had the ball in his hand, didn't even look, just whipped it, hit off Travis Shaw's glove, went into the stands, and we gave yeah, up a run. That's, the Chicago that, game that right there. lost in the goddamn ninth inning. Yep. And, that's, and, and that's, that's what really concerns me, though, too, is every time I tune in, it seems like Arcia has a little mistake, or even there's a lot of plays where, like, I see the play, and it goes, okay, that, that should be a play an elite-level guy should be able to make. And it seems like more times than not, he's not able to come up with those. You gotta... And, and here's the thing. I do see upside in him. I do... But his swing really bothers me. I I think his swing is atrocious. So I mean, I'm, but I mean, if he can fix it and even be a two fifty batter, two fifty, he was two seventy seven as a I'm rookie. I'm saying though, but he's, he's been two months. He's at he's probably at two twenty right now. Two thirty. Two thirty. But so I guess I don't see it sustaining. It is sustainable. I, the dude I got a three oh six and took the player of the year in the Pacific Coast League. How as a triple? Tri- how many like walk off hits has he already right. had this year? Two. Two? Two. Yeah, and no, especially out of, a, out of a 7 8. Out of okay, seven, so that'd be a third one. Two hits. Out of a 7 8 here, you don't, you're not expecting a 270 average. You're expecting a 230, 240 average. Exactly. Really. If you get 250 out of here. If you get 250, you're going to buy a lotto ticket. More plays win. Making more plays. Dude, like. I don't think I don't think range or plays is the problem. It's trying to make the hero play. Exactly. Trying to make a highlight play when nothing is there. Like. Like like Kyle was just saying, like you're you're trying to whip it over to third base when there's no play there. Just eat the ball, live to see another play. Instead, you throw it in the stands and give him give a free run. run. And so hopefully he goes down to the minors and then just adjusts. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and, and I mean he's getting, you're getting a little too comfortable. Like yep. obviously he's one of those guys that loves to have fun, and that's what we need. We have such a great atmosphere in, in Milwaukee right now. The guys love it. You got the gauntlet after home runs. Everybody's having a great time. But sometimes you need to be put in your place. Like hey. This is a gift. This is don't take this for granted. Like you're here because you need to produce, not because and when you have a GM like David Stearns, there's guys right behind you ready to have their chance. Everybody's and replaceable. Sogard is probably not the guy that's going to take the spot. Definitely not. Them glasses, hell no. Take <laughs> fucking things off, dude. But there's going to be guys like can't you wear some fucking Her- contacts? <laughs> Seriously, you make enough money. There's guys like Herrera that could come in to fill second base, and VR could move back to shortstop. And fill that position perfectly fine. How about Hirua? Bring Hirua up. Yeah, that's, that's what I. That's sorry, I might have mispronounced Hirua. his name, Hirua. but yeah. But yeah. I think he, he's a, he's a little he's a couple years away. He's a couple years away, but he's tw- he's twenty one, and, and I mean that's a guy that everywhere I'm he's so gone. excited he's about. He's every level he's every level he's played at, the dude rates. Dude hits four hundred. Every every level, single A, move him on up, hits the, hits four hundred. It's like it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done. Okay, we'll end that segment. Okay, so you want to go over to the last couple weeks for the Brewers here. They just come off a road trip 
out west. They started off in Colorado, took three or four from a playoff team last year, and uh, really used the long ball. I mean, Jesus Aguilar on the road trip had five homers. And, I mean, Jesus has come out of nowhere this, this past couple of weeks and has really stepped up when Ryan Braun went on the DL. And, honestly, when Braun comes back, there's really no spot for him besides a pinch hitter. I don't know what you guys think. But. Same with Eric Thames at that point. Eric Thames, buddy, wherever you're at, please stay there. We want Jesus. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> well, Ryan Braun, before we went on the DL, he was batting a whopping 167. Nine hits and 54 plate appearances. That, that, you can't have that out of your highest-played player in your team. And out of arguably an MVP of 2011 when he was taking steroids, which Party I... Party like it's 2011. I really do sure want the steroid it. era to come back because it's more fun to watch. We already talked about that in our episode. Uh, okay. I, I can talk about whatever the hell I want. Okay. Well, now we're <laughs> <laughs> Braun, take steroids again. It's subtle Even hits. if you get caught, what's the worst that could happen? You're off the team. Exactly. Nothing Maybe you could just... Well, I think one of the, for a couple games. How are people still intentionally walking? Take one for the team. Oh, 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 I, yeah. oh my god! Call yourself a team player, Bron. I mean, well, another thing. I think something really been like Christian Yelich has just been absolutely raking. Him and Lorenzo Cain have been a great one-two, one-two-three, <laughs> wherever they're batting in the lineup. That's been arguably, I think that's the that's the best part of the Brewers lineup is right there is those two right there. That's because you know they're going to produce every day. Like you're not going to see any of them struggle too much. They're going to come in every day and have a solid at bats. And they're very consistent players. I would say over the season that those two have been the best. But over the last seven days, it has no doubt been uh, Travis Shaw and Jesus Aguilar. It's also nice to see Pena and uh, VR heating up their bats again, too. It's also nice seeing Jet Bandy get sent down to AAA where he belongs. The day that Jet Bandy retires from baseball will be the best day of my life. I'm throwing a party. Well, Heron Perez is batting the There's an unsung hero. He's batting 302 last 30 games. I mean, he's he's fucking raking. The dude can play anywhere, too. Talk about, like, he's not going to be your most valuable player on the team, but a guy that you can throw anywhere. Like, he's their emergency catcher if they needed to, if it came to that. He pitched this year. He, he has the best ERA on the team. Uh, Zero. Yeah. Zero. You can't get better than that. <laughs> Jimmy Nelson. <laughs> Hasn't played a game, but he's still got a zero. No, but I, I think that that was a really, really huge road trip for them. If they would if they lose them series, you're looking at the Brewers being a fourth-place team in the Central, and that's not looking good. I mean, granted, they have played five more games than the other teams in the Central, but right but, now you're, you're looking at the Brewers at – being one of the top teams in the NL, they have the most wins in the NL right now. I mean, what else can you say right now? They're playing and, hot. and a red hot Travis Shaw currently, and they're just yeah. playing good baseball too. And it's always just different guys stepping up to that's, the plate. That's the thing; it's not one guy every night. Like tonight, it's Jesus. Tomorrow, it's Travis Shaw. The next day, it's Perez. It's just a rotating cycle. Yelich. That's the thing; it's so even keel around the around the clubhouse. It's like every game, it's a different star yeah. and. And something that's been nice the last couple days is uh, the starting pitching. It's starting to finally turn around, coming off of what we were talking about earlier as some of the worst starts in all of MLB. Well, like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't agree with that. I'm not saying their starting pitching isn't bad. Like, they've gotten good starting pitching, but you need to get more innings. Like, if five innings, two runs... Yeah, we'll take it. Our bullpen is good enough to eat up those innings, but every night you can't continue to do that over a 162 game season because your bullpen's going to wear out. You need to start getting, I mean, a quality start is technically six innings, three, three or fewer three runs, runs. Less. but I mean, you need to start getting seven and 
when's the last time a Brewer pitcher is pitching in the eighth inning? It doesn't happen. I don't think they have one this year. I don't think so. Well, that's because so, Council pulls Peralta, every pitcher with 70 pitches Peralta or less. Peralta threw in the sixth. They pulled him in the sixth with yep. no hits. Yep. yep. Well, one, he hit, one, one hit. One hit. One hit. On the only changeup he threw during that game. <laughs> yeah, he was just throwing all fastballs. Somehow they couldn't get in. But Lorenzo King! Dang it. Sorry. A little premature ejaculation, sorry. <laughs> Happens to all the best of us. <laughs> no, I, I, right now you could say Travis Shaw is the MVP of the Brewers. I think there's no doubt about that. And on the pace he's at right now, he's on pace to hit, what is it, 44 home runs, 130 RBIs. Like yeah. that's, that's an MVP season in the pros. Yeah. Like, granted, Bryce Harper's probably going to knock in nine or at least 70 home runs this year, 190 <laughs> ribbies, but... All right. That's a different segment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to touch back on you brought up about the Central and stuff, you're, you're, in my opinion, looking at the best division in baseball. I mean, right now, you're four deep in teams, and obviously, you're not expecting Pittsburgh to, to be Maintain. up there all year, but they might fall off. But you're still looking at the Cubs and the Cardinals, our formidable opponents in the Central. I mean, you're going to have to win games against quality teams, and right now, they're beating up on lower teams. They've struggled. The, the Cubs have really whooped oh. it to them this year. Eventually, you're going to have to start beating quality teams if you want to compete for the division and ultimately the World Series. And that's going to be a really big test for us coming up on Monday, starting a three-game yeah. series with Cardinals the Cardinals. Cardinals Miller Park, yep. We've got to take two of three from them. You can't lose that series. If you lose that series, you're almost out of the driver's seat. You could be. Well, I mean, it's it's not even June, and you're talking about three games in a 162 game season. But I mean, big confidence boost for young guys. Games. Yep. Big no, confidence I mean, boost for yep. the young guys that we have. No doubt about that. Another thing too is you can't expect the Cubs to keep playing this bad. Their starting pitching is going to get better. Like you can't. Darvish is not going to be this bad. I don't think he has a. I think he has. I don't think he has a win this year. He might have one, but he he hasn't pitched well. But. He does against us. To touch on very good point. The Cubs, another slow start. Last year, they started off really slow, and, and the Brewers had a really nice start. And, and everybody wants to say last year all the Brewers choked in the second half. Well, no, they didn't because if you statistically look at the numbers, the Brewers' win percentage or win pace stayed on pace pretty much month by month, all-star break, pre-all-star break, post-all-star break. The Brewers were a consistent team. On the other hand, the Cubs started off poor and really, really turned it on at the end of the year. They caught us. We didn't. We didn't the, fall to them. And the thing about that is too, we lost Jimmy Nelson to end the year. That no doubt was our ace last year. Oh yeah. I mean, Chase Anderson and Davies were good, but they were no Jimmy Nelson of last year. And losing a guy like that just depletes a starting rotation. Absolutely. On this week's Juices Journal. We're going to talk a little Packers offensive weapons around number 12, Aaron Rodgers. First weapon we got here is obviously one of the best receivers in the NFL right now, which is Devontae Adams. And after Rodgers went down last year, Devontae Adams picked up the slack. He fucking won us the Browns game, my God. And that's the reason why he got paid the $54 million he damn near deserves. But after that, you know, you kind of have a fall off. You know, you have... You don't really have a good wide receiver, too. You got ESB, if he can come through. He was supposed to be a second-round pick, fell to the sixth because of some off-field issues. Then you got Geronimo Allison, who can't hold on to the fucking football. Um, and then another thing, I want to I want to sign Des Bryant. I mean, I think I think he's still got a lot left in the tank, especially number 12 on the football. I mean, Des Bryant, at this point in his career, is not taking the top off any defense. He's not running by people, but... 
if you're talking red zone targets, he's a big wide receiver. You pair him on the other side of Devontae Adams, who's just a freak, just a different species right now. I mean, as Aaron Rodgers said yesterday, though, why get rid of a guy like Jordy Nelson and bring a guy like Des Bryant? They're going to give you the same thing, and Jordy and Des already have, or Jordy and Rodgers already have the connection that Des and Rodgers wouldn't. And that's why I kind of, I, I somewhat agree with you, but then I also don't because the last three years, yes, Nelson has been very good with Rodgers, but he's 33. He didn't want to take a pay cut. We offered him the vet minimum, which is still $3.2 million. Like, still not bad. And he lost, he lost a step. He, uh, he, can, he got the chemistry with Rodgers, but I think you bring in a guy who's three years younger for the same price and Des Bryant, hopefully, maybe a little bit more. I think there's no way Aaron Rodgers can be mad when you bring in a guy of that caliber Especially somebody who, high point on the football, he's going to get the ball. He's going to get the ball. Especially pairing him in the red zone with, you said, Devontae Adams, Des Bryant, and then you got Jimmy Graham. And then I know Mercedes Lewis is a new hire. He's old, but he's still, he's still 6'6". Like, you, you, tell me, you tell me one team that has four corners that can cover five, four guys over 6'6". Six six. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't. You it's can't. Tough. It's tough. That's, I mean, the Packers red zone is already the best in the league, hands down, every single year. But adding that, it's just more weapons for him to throw to and higher chance to get in the end zone. But we all know Dez didn't catch it. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> but after that, you know, moving on the line, you got a wide receiver, wide receiver three slash slot. Randall Cobb, yeah, he's, old. he's not old. He's not as great as he used to be. But, I mean, he can still hit that slant pretty damn fast. And he can run. But I, he can run. I think that if we don't go out and get Dez, that Randall Cobb, even in the slot, is our number two option. He, he has to be. Unless you're going to put Jimmy Graham in at the number two spot, Randall Cobb has to be that number two option just because of the chemistry and everything that he's had with Aaron Rodgers over the last really, years. I'd really like to see what Ty Montgomery could do as a wide receiver again, too. We haven't seen that in two, three years. Well, I mean, he was drafted as a wide receiver, so he could still come in and make a real big impact. He's got to stay healthy first. God knows he's, he's not going to be a running back. Yeah, well, he's anymore. not going to be a running back, though, so he's, he's not going to be getting injured. He was he's still injured as a wide receiver in his rookie year. So, yeah. I mean, he got yeah. to be on the field to be productive. So As long as Aaron Jones and... Uh, Jamal, William, Williams. Jamal Williams stay healthy. There's no way that you're going to see Ty Montgomery at the running back spot. Or you should, at least. And you should not. And that's where I disagree because I think the Packers' offense has a lot to do with screen plays and those quick outs that Rodgers – because right now they really don't have a great offensive line where you got to get the ball out fast. And that's where I think Montgomery is more dangerous than both those two guys in the open field. And you get hit the ball, he's going to move. He's going he to boogie. The one I, thing I, with Rodgers going down last year, too, is I feel like the Packers actually kind of figured out the running game a little bit while he was gone. So if they can bring the running game back into it with Rodgers, that could be a huge difference. I wouldn't too. say we figured it out. It feels as if we, well, we were started to, to figure it out and then Jones went down with the injury and then we found Williams. But if you keep Jones and Williams there, then yes, we definitely figured it out. But losing Jones through halfway through the season also, it was tough to even get a run game going with Williams. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The best thing that happened to the Packers organization last year was Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Call my bluff. <laughs> explain. Yeah, I, I call the bluff. We just about <laughs> Please <lost> explain. <laughs> well, if you think about it, because last year, if he doesn't get hurt, the Packers probably go 11 and 5, 10 and 6 with mediocre defense. Chances are Don Capers is still in there. There's no system change. And everybody else will still have their job, and nothing happens because everything is still good. Aaron Rodgers has the same effect that Tom Brady and Andrew Luck have, where the front office is building an absolute fucking awful team around them, arguably one of the worst rosters in the NFL, and without him shows 
that when Rodgers went down, it shows that this team is trash. Like they need somebody to step up. And like I said, if they wouldn't, if he wouldn't have got hurt, it'd been the same thing next year, and then it would have been the next year after that. It's it was I hate to say it, but it was a damn good thing that he got hurt this year because it brought some new face in, some new blood. It got the fucking fans pissed off that Dom Capers should have been gone after 2011 Super Bowl because he hasn't done shit. He is he is one of the worst coordinators the Packers have ever had. I I agree. I don't know if that would be our biggest concern. I think the biggest concern would be the offensive line right now. If you can't keep number 12 healthy, there's no point in even putting a team out there. Right here, this is my projections for the starting offensive line. You got left tackle, all pro, David Batiari. It's a set. Yeah, exactly. Justin McCray, left guard. I mean, he, he started picking up well at the end of the year, but I don't know if he can withstand an entire year. Corey Lindsley just got the bag. He'll be ready to go. Lane Taylor, right guard, and you got Ryan Bulaga at Brian Bulaga at right tackle. I mean, he's probably gonna get hurt about week four, so we gotta find somebody to do that. He's basically getting paid like eight million dollars a year to blow his ACL out. I mean, I will take that job in a, in a heartbeat, like honest to God. But I you're think, as big as him, so yeah. yeah I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> but we can see. Weight wise. <laughs> but yeah, weight I just, watchers. <laughs> that that take was brought to you by weight watchers. <laughs> But no, I think I think another thing with the reason they brought in Lewis is because he can block and with Jimmy Graham. That's why another reason why I think that Jimmy Graham. I don't I don't think you see him lined up on the line. I think you see him split out a lot. I think that he's going to be a huge weapon on the middle of the field. And in the past three seasons, the Packers have brought in so many tight ends. I could run the name: Jared Cook, Martellus Bennett, Jimmy Graham, Lance Kendricks. They brought in all these tight ends, and it just shows that you need a big-time tight end in the Packers' offense for them to be successful. And last year, they, they did miss on um, Bennett. But Garbage. this year, I think trash. I think that Jimmy Graham does have a really good upside with Green Bay. I think he, last year in Seattle, he kind of came back. And you don't really have somebody yeah, – Russell Wilson can throw the football a lot. He can throw it very well. But you don't have somebody like Aaron Rodgers who can hit, the, hit, hit every single point. With that being said, I think Mercedes. I think he run two tight ends damn near every single play. I think you have Mercedes Lewis on the line blocking at all times. He'll probably only catch 35 passes next year and maybe five touchdowns. But at that point, it's still a step up from the number two we had. You had Richard Rodgers, who pretty much had one good game against Detroit. But other than that, good like, play. yeah, one good play, realistically. Game winner, baby. But with that, I, and another thing too is, do you see a fullback this year or do you see Lewis and Kendrick out there? Do you, do you let Rupkowski have the ball? What do you, it, what do you think it, about that? If Rupkowski's on the team, he's going to be on the field and going to be getting the ball every once in a while. But I would not mind them going away from their fullback game. Uh, I know we brought back in Philman, who uh, was with us the year that we won the Super Bowl. But and at that time, we used John Kuhn a lot. But I would be totally okay with going back to... A shotgun and letting Rodgers throw the ball all over the field. Ah, be here! Yeah. <laughs> Derek? Um, I think, I mean, my personal opinion is you talk about the offense and all these weapons and it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as number 12 is healthy, the Packers are a threat to score every time they get the football. I mean, if every time the Packers touch the football with Aaron Rodgers on the field, you expect them to go down the field and score. When they when they don't, it's it's a shock. So, I mean... For the Packers to get to where they want to go, which is the Super Bowl champions, it's going to come down to who can you stop. And that's the thing where, like, yes, Des Bryant. I, I personally think Des Bryant would be a very big pickup 
But at that point, you almost don't need to sign somebody like that because Aaron Rodgers makes them makes a wide yep. receiver great. And there's been many times where you can look at James Jones, who had breakout years in Green Bay, gets goes goes for the big box in Oakland and does absolutely nothing. Next week he gets cut from New York after he gets traded. Comes back for Green Bay, has nine fucking touchdowns. Like Aaron Rodgers is a he's, he's the fucking goat. Like there's nothing there's no way around it. And with that, I also think that Jordy Nelson is gonna have kind of a fall off here in Oakland. I don't I would not be surprised if he had under four touchdowns. I would be more surprised if he had a good year than I would be if yes. I, I'm expecting him to have a really down year. Yeah, exactly. I mean it, that's just what happens. Look at Greg Jennings. He got, he got paid with two different teams. Did nothing. Ghost like a ghost. Never hear. Of Did him nothing, and that's why like all these players. A lot of the lot of the team, like a lot of the players on on Green Bay's offense, they're they're not system players. They're players that Aaron Rodgers just makes look phenomenal. Getting back to Devontae Adams, are you concerned at all about? him getting as much money as he did with getting two concussions last year and how severe those concussions were. Those were two of the dirtiest hits you could possibly take in a single season. And I don't know if the amount of money that we gave him is worth the risk at losing him for a season. I think CTE is a myth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But with that being said, yes, that hit against Chicago, I thought he was paralyzed. I thought we just lost one of the best receivers that we I had. I thought the Carolina hit was almost dirtier. Oh, wow. He came out of nowhere on a play that you just don't expect anything and hit upside the head. The only thing that I kind of – I kind of – they had the concussions are a big deal. But the next week when he goes out and catches the game-winning pass against Dallas, like the – Biggest F you to Dallas. Yeah, seriously. Like Throw me a better ball. <laughs> he said with my eyes. So, like, I don't know. But no, I I I'm not, I'm not worried about that personally. I think he deserves that money. Um, and you look at the other receivers who are in the top. You can go with I'm gonna go to my top five right now. You got Antonio Brown, Julio, Odell, uh, Hopkins out of Texas, and then you got Devonta Adams. Then after that, you know Mike Adams got paid a lot this this last year, but he really hasn't performed the same way as Adams has. There was a stat I saw, and he was only. I think when Mike Adams on the field, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were Mike four. Evans. And, Mike, yeah, damn it, Mike Evans. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were four and nineteen. Like the one, I mean, the one, the Adams on the field. With who's throwing the football? But yeah, exactly, exactly. But you, the, but you still got to say that Devonta Adams is one of the top top five receivers. No, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he's not the top five. I'm just saying, is it worth the money to that we're paying question, him? He's worth every penny because concussions are not. The dude is a freak. Like he's a top top three wide receiver in my mind. If he's not really? out on the field, if he's not yeah. on the field, top three. Top if he's not on the field, is, Adams is, a freak. is it worth it? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's not on the field, you talked about those hits he took last year. He didn't miss a game. The dude came back the next week. Granted, those hits came out of Thursday. He came back after eight days, ten days rest, and caught a game-winning touchdown against Dallas. So, yeah. what, right. what, well, with that, I just got to say I'm ready for the Packers to be the Super Bowl champions this year. I'll catch you next week with Juice's Journal. See, that was the best. Well, that was episode one of Beer Here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week, Monday morning, hopefully with a podcast ready to go for you guys. Uh, Go Brewers and cut the fubs.